AAA player strains his calf will be out two days. Breaking news. This is the Rockaroo. been a while since we've done just a classic intro. I know, right? What is classic anymore? I think even dating back to last season. Yeah. Well, classics aren't classic until they're classic. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Well, so uh, what's, what's new in the world of the Rockies this week that's different from last week? Let me check real quick. Um... Nothing. Nothing's new. I don't know. MLB's got all sorts of crazy articles out there that uh, are kind of lame. Not worth reading. I didn't read any of them. Uh, The Rockies website doesn't really have anything good going on. Um, So, really, nothing new. Nothing to, to talk about as far as that goes. But... What I was thinking about today, while I was sweeping off the patio, <laughs> because uh, that's that's what what life consists of now, right? Doing home chores. But uh, what I was thinking of is, let's say, for example, the MLB season gets going again. I th- I still think I'm still on the positive side. I still think it's going to happen. But when it does happen, it's going to be different in maybe multiple ways, maybe in one way. For sure, they're not going to get in a full 162, I don't think. I mean, what do you think? You think that's going to, is that still a possibility at this point or is that out the window? A full 162, I would say, is it was is long out the window unless they long out the window unless they yeah. do i mean the only way you're going to get that done i would presume is double headers and that's not going to happen okay so yes i i definitely agree so the season's going to look different no matter what so what i was thinking about while i was sweeping off the patio is what if what if Bridick was right and the rockies team just underperformed last year and they're Super freaking dominant this year when the season does get going. Well, it'll be a different type of season no matter what. But what if they're super dominant, destroy everyone, win the division, however that looks, and then end up taking the World Series or taking the championship or taking whatever whatever it is? As a fan, am I going to feel slighted or jaded that it's kind of got this this asterisk next to it and it'll be the Rockies first ever world's championship is that gonna suck or am I gonna be super happy does it take will it take a little bit away from my joy of them winning the championship slash world series or whatever they end up calling it or or am I gonna be excited and and exuberant no matter what So that's what that's what I was thinking about. So what what are your thoughts on that? You're not going to feel good about it. You're not going to feel no. Any team to it doesn't I don't think it matters if you're a Rockies fan or whatever team you're a fan of, whoever ends up winning 
this thing. It's gonna be it's gonna be like an a, a whatever. Like ah, whatever. This is a lost season essentially. Um I think at this point, playing baseball, uh, which I guess could be a good thing, would be ultimately for the fans, which usually it really always is. You'd like to think that. But I think this summer more so than ever. But I think any any fan of any team who ends up winning whatever they end up calling the the championship or whatever is is there's going to be you know, I sure there'll be an initial like, oh, yippee, it's better us than them. But at the same time, they're going to be like, a, well, it was a weird season and it, it, it really doesn't stack up against the rest of history, I guess, really. So I would say for both you and me, because I feel I know you well enough to, to speak for you on this one, you're not going to feel good about it. Nor will yeah, I. right. That's that's exactly what I was thinking. But ultimately, it's different for teams like the Rockies or any team out there that hasn't won a championship, right? Because then that is officially your first, mm, and you don't yeah. get that back, right? You don't get that back. So it's like, uh, well, then I was thinking about it, then am I cheering for them not to win the championship? Like I'm really. Like really confused on my fanship <laughs> yeah. right now is what I'm saying. Yeah, I I think first things first is they can't call it the World Series unless they magically find some way to squeeze 162 games. Uh, but then I mean, like, there's no way you'd be playing in. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> we've demonstrated pretty well, or at least I have. I won't speak for you on this, but I've demonstrated well. I'm not good with math on the fly. Um, but I mean, to get a full 162, you'd be playing in, into December probably. And that really can't do that unless, unless you get certainty, unless you, unless you do play all the games in Arizona and Florida, you could do that, I I suppose, and make it happen that way. But still, even then it wouldn't really, cause you wouldn't have the, the strain of the regular travel schedule so it still would be no matter what there's gonna be some excuse me some kind of asterisks or um something associated with whatever ends up happening if anything does in fact happen and before i forget i do want to go back to something you said there in the opening about um articles on the MLB site during this time are, what was the term you said? Worthless, useless. Uh, no, I, I, yeah, maybe, I don't know. It's on, it's on record. <laughs> we so can we go, go back go, and we'll, see. We'll go back later. <laughs> it was definitely not a positive word, whatever right. it was. And I just, yeah. I just wanted to point out, I feel like uh, even during regular times and regular season, uh, most of those articles are basically worthless. So there's, yeah, couple cents from me well uh yeah i think that (laughs) that's true but at least you know sometimes it's informative right so you at least get information on trades or yeah uh, well they love their new red banner anytime anything happens triple a player strains his calf will be out two days breaking news yeah (laughs) okay thanks mlb (laughs) 
<laughs> but like they're literally some of the articles now are literally I mean, I know we did this from a from a standpoint of content on the podcast, but some of their articles now are uh, like Fernando Tatis Jr. hits seven home runs in an inning on MLB The Show. It's like, what? That's impressive. That's an MLB though. article. <laughs> that's fucking impressive maybe, and I don't believe maybe it maybe it is but <laughs> no that's even on rookie level that's impressive and I don't believe that one bit but no <laughs> well, I maybe get, you need to read the article I, I'm gonna have to I don't to know now. but it's like <laughs> I get I get your point the though. kind of shit that's out there I get your point but they are doing that you know they're doing the tournament with that and there's a player from every team if you didn't know um did you not know about this? No. Yeah, they're doing a, a, a MLB show tournament with uh, a, a player from M- every MLB team. The Rockies representative is David Dahl. And I think he went – so I think they did like – I didn't get too deep into it because still like I, I didn't care that much. But um, I think they did like a little regular season and, and now they're going to do a bracket – uh, David went two and five, I believe, which isn't great record. Uh, Joey Gallo, I think, was went eleven and one. So I don't know why he played twelve games and some of the other players only played seven. Again, I didn't get too deep into it, but that's that's why that article uh, was out there about Tatis Jr. What? Okay, here's a here's a good question. What's more impressive, hitting seven? Home runs in one inning in a video game or hitting two grand slams in one inning in a real-life baseball game? Oh, two grand slams in one inning in a real-life baseball game for sure. So eat that, Junior. Your dad has still got you beat. (laughs) I know that's the easy answer, but seven. That's, That's everyone in your lineup except for two guys. Seven. Oh, okay, I get it. Um, so I'm like, <laughs> I'm like oblivious to what's going on. So Tatis Jr. is the Padres representative. So his lineup hit seven home runs, not his digital player in the game. Correct. At least, I mean, okay. I didn't, I didn't see this article, but I, I'm assuming that's what what's going on. So, like, if you were to sit down and fire up the Xbox or the PlayStation and play a video game and you, you you pick your two teams and you're playing one team and you hit seven home runs with one in one inning? Seven. I don't know. I don't know. There, like I don't sounds, play the game. So but it it's sounds still like, like a glitch. Well I I I I I'm very familiar with Okay, well you've been playing Tap twenty twenty, right? Yeah, I okay. have been. Think about hitting seven home runs in one inning. Though, I mean, considering our last game we played against each other, maybe you did. <laughs> that was ugly, folks. <laughs> yeah, it uh it it was ugly. But yeah, hitting seven home runs in tap in one in- inning in tap baseball is pretty impressive. Although, like to hit five is not unheard of for sure. I've done that before. Oh. So well, cheat I mean, codes too. Cheat codes are glitch. You know, there's glitches in those things every now and then. So, um, but yeah, maybe we should distance ourselves from that combo just because. 
again, I, I, di- I, I didn't read the, the article. Right, right. Um, okay, well, let's get back to the, the topic at hand then. So <laughs> we, got, we got a little off base there because of uh, MLB's lame articles. But uh, so we we're talking about if the Rockies do win a championship, how it would be tainted. I was specifically saying, uh, okay, well, it's different for the Rockies or teams that have never won a championship because you don't get your first one back. Um, that's a good point. So, so then what I was going to from there was, okay, should I cheer against the Rockies winning the championship (sighs) and how does that work? And, and while I was out there sweeping up the patio, getting all the dust off the patio, I, I would, all of this was going through my head and I was like, maybe I would rather see the Rockies do poorly this year because then it could affect their draft position. Then I was thinking, well, crap, is the, I mean, is the draft going to be skewed next year too because of draft positioning, because of the way the season will go down this year? So it's all very complex and convoluted, I, I feel. Yeah. I'd like to first start by saying, now I know we're, we're it, it's good podcast fodder, but maybe you're getting a little ahead of yourself with this train of thought. Um, I think we need to figure out first to, to, to even get some baseball being played, but going back to the draft question, it's interesting. Cause I was, before we started getting hot here, getting the fire going, I was looking at the new, uh, top 30 prospects for the Rockies and Riley Pint, if you remember him, pitcher, out of Kansas, I believe, high school pitcher out of Kansas a handful of years ago now. Uh, But he was, I think, a three overall, possibly a four overall, which is pretty high, pretty high. He's like the 28th prospect, which is a a problem for sure to have a pick that high. And I think he's 22 now. so I get my point being like, I think with baseball, the draft, it, it's not like other sports where you're, it's almost like the percentages of a top draft pick being a sure thing is a lot higher in football and basketball and other sports like that than it is in baseball. Sure. And I agree with Unless that. Your but name's like, Ken Griffey Jr. That's really kind yeah. of the only exception to that, which is a, you know, well, I mean, I, yeah. I guess I shouldn't, I'm not that f- much of a baseball draft historian. I'm sure there's other, maybe others, maybe Barry Bonds, though. Talk about Asterix is. Oh, yeah. Asterix is. That's- I think I might put Bryce Harper in that category, even though I hate oh, the yeah. dude. Harper, I mean, Strasburg. Yeah. Though Harper, like, is he really that good? I don't know. He's not, no. But, I mean, he's, like, would you say he didn't pan out as a top no, draft I pick? No, w- I would not yeah. say that. I would not. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I definitely think that he's not that good. That's just that's just my opinion. But it, I w- even me as a hater, I'd have to reach pretty deep into the fake data to find a reason to call him unreliable as a top draft pick. Right. But although I could probably find some data to (laughs) to support it. 
Well, ask Phillies fans. I, 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 I would. <laughs> right. I don't know any Phillies fans, but I, I would, because he didn't have that great of a season last year, if if I remember right. Um, I don't. He wasn't he even at the All Star game. Is that no? Because he didn't make the team. Well, yeah, that's what I meant. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, he probably was there. Maybe Wait, not. <laughs> but how was he not voted? I guess I don't remember. So maybe I shouldn't bring that up. But. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know what a, a hardcore Philly fan feels about Harper. Oh, they hate him. The Phillies are like the oh. worst fans when it comes to that. Well, yeah. That's... I'm just assuming. I'm just stereo- stereotyping the Philly fan. But but yeah, so, okay. So going back to that, though, like from a draft pick standpoint, I think that you're right when it comes to the like top picks. But your draft position does affect your your entire pick in all rounds Mm -hmm. so even though it's not necessarily your top pick you still get you know ahead of every other team in every other round so it is still like it still can drastically affect your your draft and your team yeah plus if you know what you're doing with all that stuff right and part of it for the the whole top prospect thing is that's real gets real tricky too because you you add into the draft you know, you're still to the prospects. You're adding the players that were drafted as well as international players. And, you know, that can get a little, that pool can get a little tricky, right? Yeah. But you would think that a three overall pick would at least be in your top 10 prospects every season <laughs> for your team. For your yeah. team. Yes. Yeah. That's true. And even that is true. And even top 100 for, all of prospects, and I don't yeah. think Pint has. I don't want to say ever been in the top 100 because I don't know, but um, I don't think it's been very high. But again, I think some of that does get blown out of proportion because, um, you know, there's guys that show up all the time that are really good and have never been on those lists. So um, you don't want to get, get get too deep into that. I think a lot of that is for people to for podcasters to talk about stuff really you know and, and yeah. conversation and job creation i guess the the prospect makers and mlb network to talk about and all that yeah that's yeah that's definitely true. christopher russo Be- though he's very <laughs> he's more topical he's more topical which is probably killing him right now when there's nothing no games or stories going on well, I don't know if you know this, but Fernando Tatis Jr. hit seven home runs in one inning. <laughs> uh, so there's that. <laughs> but, okay, so maybe what baseball, and maybe as a fan, this is what we should cheer for. Maybe what baseball needs to do is, one, get the season going, however that looks, and two, maybe there isn't a playoff situation. It's just games and then you know whoever ends with the better record is just a better team than the other team and there's no true champion for 2020 i mean is that is that something that we might like as a fan or is that like too uh anticlimactic well here's something tell me what you think about this put them to the test okay you still have a championship you play the game's record however many it ends up being you have playoffs 
you can then then you can start also you can start maybe this would be a good time to try out an automated strike zone or try yes, out some definitely. things that people are banging the table for uh, yeah playoff scenarios whatever you whatever and then whoever wins this championship each team picks a charity of their choosing and MLB donates whatever listen I don't know how MLB operates and the type of money they spend on things or this or that but whatever kind of money they save from not having a full season that money then gets donated to but I guess if you're not having the full season you don't generate the money uh, this right. is not an e- economics uh, podcast can't even can't even say the word, so I'm not going to pretend like <laughs> I know anything about economics. So, but but some kind of thing in that vein, you know, for an incentive for the players to give it their all, you right. know, because I feel like if you don't do something like that, I I don't know how because the World Series is the World Series, right? Everyone knows what that is, but a coronavirus series doesn't mean anything to anybody. So I think you'd have to do some kind of charitable something because you can't do player bonuses because that just, that's tone deaf right now. Um, So maybe something like that they could do. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a uh, couple of good points that you make there. One, uh, the thing, the one thing that you made a point of there that I didn't even think about is how are the players going to feel when they get back on the diamond? You know, like the fans want to see it and they want to mm-hmm. see competitive games, but maybe the players are to the point where it's like, ah, this is all, uh, you know, all for naught, basically, right? Like that, there's nothing to to play for there, and adding that incentive, I think, is is a pretty nice little. Uh, little option there especially for the community you know if the team picks a some kind of charity that's very beneficial for the community that they represent play in yeah and represent yeah that that could be really fun and exciting i i do think though that the they need to find a way to add some kind of end quote-unquote in-game excitement you know like how is how are they gonna fans want to see baseball no matter what i think they'd watch whatever, a true baseball fan right now because we all miss it. Like, the summer's going to hit. It's going to be nice summer uh, afternoons. Everyone's still going to be probably stuck at home because even if they start getting stuff open, you know, it's going to be on a very uh, limited basis or restricted basis to some point. And people want to come home and crack open that brewski and watch some baseball. So I think that they'll, they'll want it, but it's also much better when there is the excitement of, man, my team's doing really well. So how do do they meld all that together to make a product that's worth something? And that's challenging for the MLB. But don't worry, we got the right man in the spot to get it done, Manford. Yeah, and and going back to the point of the, the players' attitudes and enthusiasm especially if they do end up playing in the spring training facilities, like there's no way playing at, even though it's a, a a great park I hear in Scottsdale, Salt River Fields, 
it there's no way it compares to Coors Field or really even Chase Field for that matter, you know? So Oh yeah. Definitely you know. not. But and more importantly, not having fans there is like really crazy. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like not yeah. only is it no fans, but you're still at a, a spring training facility. It just the vibe would be way down, I would imagine. Um but quick thought too, this would be a great time to also try out new uniform designs and options. Oh yeah, you and know? get rid of yeah, and get rid of get the rid restrictions of the hats. on players. Oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah, hats. No, that was a that was a a, a bold We're bold visors, bold face We're joke. Visors. Right there. Uh, <laughs> but our friends with with without uh, covering on the top of their heads might have issue with that but chris ionetta but um does he still play yeah the yankees what's that about crazy i guess catchers would still have to wear helmets anyway um what what were you saying lift the restrictions on the players yeah you know let them bat let them have whatever color weird design bat that they had remember those those nice design bats that they have for the home run derby let them wear whatever shoes they want and socks and like let them go. Let them do whatever, you know? Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I don't think this is something we, we've we talked about yet on the Rockaroo this season, but this season was supposed to be, and it, I mean, it was in spring training, but Nike took over the the uniforms um, over from Majestic. So I think part of that this year was also they were going to lift some of those restrictions on players uh accessories if you will though i mean i don't know they were letting cespedes and ozuna wear bright neon green arm sleeves which honestly i i like accessories but if it if it's relative to the team you're playing for and maybe this right. is a disagreement we would have, but for example, you know, the bright yellow neon green arm sleeve doesn't fit really with any any team. But you know, Carlos in his final years was he had a Nike glove that had a pink a pink swoosh, which I, he also had one that was purple, which I liked because it, it made sense. But the pink just, I don't know. There's something, it just didn't, I don't like it. I like players being able to be creative with what they wear, but within the confine. I guess this, maybe this is a contradictory statement, but within the confines of the team color scheme. Like a bright, yeah. pur- a bright purple might work. A neon purple might work for the Rockies. Because it's still in that same color family. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I like the accessories to to make sense for sure. But when it comes to like, if they're gonna, if they're going to remove restrictions, you know, it needs to be hey, do whatever the hell you want. And that's just my thought on it. Uh, otherwise, just keep the restrictions on, right? But I prefer it to be me personally. I prefer it to be matching. I think. Uh, it's, it's cool when players can think about that and make the right decisions. Uh, and I'd prefer the players to do that, but then it would also make me, uh, like and dislike certain players styles a little bit more. So, 
uh, I'd be like, I'd be good with that. You know, like it bring out their true quote unquote, their true colors. Yeah. And you know what? You might find out some of your favorite players don't know what the hell they're doing with their style. Yep. Uh, exactly. You know, and Nolan's been wearing those Nike cleats with the light blue, which I like on their own. Like I really like those cleats and I like the light blue and he even has the batting gloves, but it just doesn't, it doesn't fit with the with the Rockies color scheme, and it's weird to me. And I don't know because I'm not a professional Major League Baseball player, but I'm sure, like, you know, you're a young kid, you get drafted by an organization. You, you have a choice whether to sign with them or not, but if you don't sign, you're kind of an a-hole. Um, yeah. You know, you get that stigma. So you don't really have that much of a choice. Then there's the whole... Um, you know, the whole arbitration, five-year arbitration. But Nolan is a different case because he did decide to sign that long-term deal. So he doesn't have an excuse where some of the younger guys that are still under arbitration, maybe that should be the rule. If you're under arbitration, you can wear whatever you want. But if you've signed a long-term deal with a team, you got to stay within that team's color scheme. <laughs> That's okay. I, I can get down with that. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I think that, uh, I think it's all going to be unprecedented, you know, like there's, it's all going to be weird and it'll be interesting to see how it, uh, how it ends up getting back and, but you're right. The, this is the time to go ahead and make it like remove that. Like don't, don't as MLB, don't make decisions based on classic, like a classic, season you know or or on what we're used to because it's not going to be that way no matter what don't even try to make it don't try to get it back to what it what we all expect of the product like this is the time to to experiment with all that stuff you know so uh i'm interested to see how it turns out it will be weird watching games without without fans that's going to happen there there is some uh, instances of this in the past. I don't know if you remember, I guess, was it two years ago when Baltimore was having all those riots and they played that, that Orioles game with no fans? Yeah, I remember. That was freaking weird. I, I actually watched that game because uh, one of the pitchers in that game was a pitcher on my fantasy team and I was interested in it. So I watched it and it's freaking weird. And you're not going to like this, but I think if they do... uh <laughs> If they do go to the uh, no fans, they're gonna for the for the broadcast. They're gonna have to add some uh, some fan tracks to the, to the broadcast. Oh, you mean like that would like that cheers. would be even weirder? I feel. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think like, I wouldn't put it past it's weird. I wouldn't put it past AT and T Sportsnet though. Um, uh, I you know I didn't watch that full game that Orioles game without fans, but. For me, it, the the I, I think I only watched a couple innings at the beginning. Um, for me, it didn't seem like that big of a deal. But I'm kind of a weirdo, so I I wouldn't take you know my thoughts on that very. You know, I I don't think it would be that big of a deal. Quite honestly, I mean, maybe the first couple of games you watch. Uh, I just said quite honestly, and I was trying really hard not to say it because I said it like six times in the last episode. But 
quite honestly, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. I I think the the viewer would get over that pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, that game was the first time ever MLB played a game without fans. Oh, so, really? First time ever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the next the next game that they play will be the second time ever. <laughs> I think that checks out. <laughs> But there'll be, I guess it just depends on which one starts first, so. I think it'd be, a, it's a bigger deal for the players than the the at-home viewer. Right, and that's what I meant by adding tracks, like, to the stadium, they need to add the things Oh, through no? the stadium speakers. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, like, link them to, like, uh, I don't know. You know, it's funny you I guess you can't. It's funny you bring that up because I meant to bring this up last season on the podcast, never did. But I was watching a game. It was when the Rockies were in Atlanta at the new SunTrust Park. And they were playing, and the crowd just seemed a buzz, just a buzz. And it was like the second inning. I think the score was 0 0. And it just sounded like the fans were just fucking jived you know just jive to be there i'm like wow that's pretty crazy and then they would show the shots of the fans every now and then and you know a ball would be fouled off into the stands and i got this weird feeling that i was like wait a minute this this something's not adding up here oh shit they're pulling an indianapolis colts yeah, or, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you might not want to hear this, but there's a lot of music venues that will do that too. They'll pump crowd music through the act- through the speakers to make you believe that people are more jazz than they really are. And I got yeah. the feeling, I, I, I just, I got the feeling with that at during this Braves game because it was so consistent, you know? It was like very consistently... Now, who knows, maybe because it's a new park, they have more microphones, you know, for the broadcasts to use. Oh, right, yeah. You know, because, and then there's also, like, you watch a game on Fox, they, either football or baseball, they they pump up their, their crowd mics a lot more than other broadcasts, and I dislike it. Like, I hate, that's why I hate that the the main MLB playoffs are on that's a different conversation but um i would not be surprised if there were some teams out there um that were doing that yeah i mean from a baseball viewership standpoint like if you're at the stadium uh it's significantly better obviously when the the crowd is pumped up but in in baseball that gets tricky right because 162 games, regular season game, it's not really going to happen. But that's and that's why doing stuff like that is kind of not cool because that is the biggest thing with with baseball is the playoff environment. How different it is from the regular season is is what makes the game so great. Because you go to a playoff game, playoff baseball game, there's nothing better in the world, right? Like. The, the, the place is sold out. The fans are crazy. And 
it's it's awesome. The tension from every pitch, it's just so different and so great that 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 can happen, you know, and even watching it on TV, you see that. Now, the World Series might be a little different because MLB holds a bunch of tickets for corporations and all that bullshit, but... but, Pedro Gomez, go eat yourself. Yeah. Did I tell the Pedro Gomez ever on this thing? No, I don't think so. Well, I'll let you finish. But anyways... Yeah. My my rant will will come to a conclusion here (laughs) by saying, like, hey, don't F up the regular season by pumping fake crowd noise in. Like, make it real because... That is the awesomeness of baseball. You go to a playoff game and it is electric, just freaking electric. Right. And, you know, just pumping, doing that, pumping crowd noise through your sound system, it's just dishonest, also. I mean, and you said it was kind of lame. I'm here, it's very lame and should be punishable by law, uh, in my opinion. Oh, write your governors, folks, because they don't have enough to deal with right now. Write your governors about about (laughs) dishonesty. Okay, yeah, (laughs) it's classic that the Braves would do something like that too. Not saying that they did, right? If it were any team, it'd be the Braves. I don't have any proof. I don't have any proof, but I have my gut and my. You know, you know, like, you know, when you're kind of like, wait a minute here, you got that sense, that spidey sense, that tingly, like, what the hell am I being deceived here? Don't try and deceive me. So anyway, quick on the Pedro Gomez story. And I hope you're listening and I hope ESPN is listening right now and really all baseball MLB reporters and all sports reporters 2007, Rockies go to the World Series. Big news in the Mile High City and the state itself, I would imagine. Maybe not the whole state. But obviously, getting tickets, if we remember, was a huge ordeal. Right? You had to log in and then you had to wait and you had to refresh and you had to do all this shit. And it was crazy. Getting tickets to the World Series was crazy. So when you as a Rockies fan that love the team, that watch 150 games a season, you watch all the playoff games, you bleed black and silver and purple. When you go through that mess that was trying to get World Series tickets, and I mean, I guess full disclosure – we did have tickets for game five, which mm-hmm. I, mean, yeah. I think we all know didn't happen. But when you watch game three and you see fucking Pedro Gomez, who, if you don't know who that is, he's a, I don't know if he still is, but he is a ESPN baseball is, was an ESPN baseball writer. And so when you tune in to those Rockies games, And I guarantee you there are a bunch of Rockies fans that weren't able to even get tickets to any of the games. Yeah. And so when you tune in and you see fucking Pedro Gomez sitting down there behind home plate, yucking it up, it just pisses you off. And it goes for all sports, all playoffs. 
like you said, holding tickets for corporate and, and people with special privileges, when you have the fans that support the team the whole season and then you bring in these people that don't even know what the hell they're talking about most of the time, it's just sickening. It really sucks. It does, because it's not like those fans aren't unwilling to pl- pay the astronomical right. ticket prices right. that you're already charging. Like, they're willing to pay for it. They just can't get it because you got freaking non-fans sitting down there in the primo seats, too. You know, it's like, I, like if you put them out there in the rock pile, then maybe, okay, but like, <laughs> <laughs> even then, you know, like, yeah. screw you guys, yeah. you know, like. I get it. You got to have reporters, but if they're going to be there, they don't have to have seats. They can be standing in their wherever the heck they need to be, you know, in the in the booth or in the little dugout area, whatever that is called. Not the dugout, but yeah, the camera well. You know, so it's like, yeah, if you want to, if you need your guys, that's where they should be. That's where they belong. They're working. It's not a freaking. I don't know. Yeah. They're working. That's their job. So it's to some extent, it needs to be uncomfortable because work sucks, right? Like, it doesn't matter what you do. <laughs> it sucks. Or I'm sure they have some kind of media room near the clubhouses, you know, that's that has a nice spread. Put them in there. They can watch the game on the television. They can get their interviews after and before yep. the game with the players and coaches. And there's other ways that they can be at the physical stadium without them taking up a seat for for actual fans. Yeah, that because that's what it's there for. I mean, the game, everything, it's for the fans. So knock that shit off, MLB and NFL and all the other sports. Like, mm-hmm. I bet hockey doesn't do that. They seem like a sport that wouldn't do that, but yeah, maybe they may, do. Yeah. They probably do. Um, and then the, Who knows? the thing with the Super Bowl, it's like not only – is that stuff going on? But then you're at a totally different location. You know, your team works their freaking ass off to, to be the number one seed and all that stuff. And then you're playing in fucking Miami. Yeah. They need to fix that too. Probably NFL needs to fix that. Never. I mean, you want to talk about the NFL being almighty. (laughs) Yep. The only way is if every team, I guess, had an indoor facility. But I don't know how well things went when when the Super Bowl was in Minnesota because what was that two or three seasons ago? And they had a huge snowstorm up there. It was like, yeah, the yeah. game was inside, but all the other stuff was, you know, I think the NFL definitely prefers Miami outdoor. Uh, yeah. Well, not necessarily outdoor. Climates where all the other activities can be happening outdoor. Yes, right. But speaking, yeah, go ahead. No, get it because I was. Well, I was just going to say you made mention of the of the Minnesota uh, Super Bowl, which was a couple years ago, or whenever that stadium first opened up last year. The NCAA Final Four was in that stadium. Could like. How freaking crazy would it be to be sitting up in the third deck watching a basketball game in there? Holy shit. That'd be wild. Be like, that would, like, that would be crazy. And, the like, it, you know, if that place was filled with fans, usually it isn't. You know, it's filled with a bunch of randos. But if it were and your team was playing, that could be, like, super exciting, you know? Like, talk about a great fan environment. 
But I don't like basketball, so I don't, I don't know how that goes. <laughs> it looked like if you're in the third deck, it looked like a little ants down there, you know? Like, holy cow. Yeah. Like you mentioned the rock pile. I, I get the rock pile is cool if you aren't really a huge baseball fan or if you've got like a group of kids or a huge group or, but to actual actually watch the game, it's, it sucks. Like you can barely, I'll never forget. We went on a, it was a school outing and I remember Jason Jennings was pitching and I was all, I was all excited to see Jason Jennings. And I just remember like, I couldn't even see the ball. I couldn't even see the <laughs> ball. It was, yeah, it's not crazy. to actually watch the game it's not that great, and it it's almost not even that good to um, to you feel removed from the environment that is Coors Field almost. I believe because you're kind of out yeah. there, you know, you can't see, you can't really see the big board at all. Um, right. I guess the cool thing is you can see the you can see the. It's almost like an outsider experience of Coors Field because you can see everything but you don't really feel part of it and the whole appeal of it was it was super cheap I remember it being like four to six dollars and now it's obviously because inflation and stuff like that I think it's what 14 to 16 dollars which oh really yeah maybe 12 I don't somewhere it's definitely more than six dollars but which I mean, initial appeal. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. You could pay $6 just to get in the stadium and then you could go stand on the concourse or whatever, which is cool. But I don't think the rock pile is worth $12. Honestly, I really don't No, And I think like the initial start of it, it was a, it was, they were $1 seats. Oh really? Yeah. And now, but now it's like, obviously, like you said, with inflation. But can't you get, I guess this doesn't work if you're a family, but if you're like a, I guess a grown adult, can't you get the rooftop, uh, the rooftop bar tickets for like seven bucks? I thought those were also like 12 to 14. Really? Let me fire I mean, that up would, the... That's actually worth it. I, that, I mean, I don't know. That's a pretty great idea. I think that the Rockies had. It's not great for watching the game, but for the environment, that's pretty... Pretty good little little deal that they got going on up there. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up because I don't want to spread a bunch of misinformation. But ultimately, getting in what is the the getting in for cheap is the appeal, right? And getting to take your kids to a baseball game if you got a big family, like that's cool, right? To actually be there, yes. And that's what I'm saying, like, and not do it too expensive, right? If you're like kind of a um. I don't know how to how to say it, but just kind of a uh, a fan of the game, but you're not like you know you don't have podcasts dedicated to the team and stuff like that. It's it's just not worth it. It's worth it if it's your first time, maybe. But I could also make the argument if it is your first time, get some really awesome seats. I would just I would really encourage you to do your best to if you have a family and it's their first experience at a ball game or even at Coors Field, do your best to save, maybe wait a little longer to where you can get, you don't even have to get like first deck, but 
Uh, even the third deck, the third deck, if you can get close to the infield, is on uh, first base side. I think those are really good. I think those are really good seats because you can see everything. You can see the board. You can see the rock pile. Then you can also see out to the mountain. Uh, I like that side. I'm not a big third base fan at Coors Field um, unless you can sit really close and you're close to the field. Um, yeah. But but anyway, I'm I'm looking up the prices, and right here off the bat it says standing room tickets for the rooftop are available for purchase starting at – what did you say? Six dollars? I said seven. Seven. But. Starting at a hundred and sixty thousand. Now I think they're trying to make up for the fact that there's no games. So <laughs> no. That's uh, <laughs> do they have concerts going on or no, you can just show up and not eat at the closed <laughs> restaurants. <laughs> you can you can pay hundred and sixty thousand dollars to go get pick pick up food from the rooftop. Get to walk up there, pick up your food, and leave. Yeah, um, that actually, I, I would probably pay for that. Maybe not one hundred and sixty thousand, but okay. So, jokes aside, standing room tickets for the rooftop are available for purchase starting at sixteen dollars, but it includes six dollars in concession and or merchandise credit. So you could kind of say huh. it's ten dollars. Kind of, but yeah. would six dollars even get you one beer? Maybe probably maybe one not. one beer, half of a hot dog. Maybe one beer. Yeah. And then huh. let me uh if you can fill the time. It's hard because I don't here we go. I'm looking yeah. at the schedule well, and I really wanted to go to the White Sox were gonna be in town later this month. Damn. Well, I'll fill the you can look that up and in the meantime, I don't think I ever told this story. I'm not gonna tell the whole story because it's long and uh It'll just get me all ramped up and pissed off. But <laughs> the first time that uh, I visited New York, I decided, hey, I want to go to a Yankee game. And the the Red Sox were in town. And I was like, yeah, I want to go watch a game, see the stadium. Uh, well, I'll, I'll shorten this story. Basically, what happened is we got duped into some tickets that were both standing and limited view uh, or restricted view, which basically meant from where we were at, it was like, uh, I don't know, you could see all of the field except for left field. And like basically, you couldn't see the third baseman, you couldn't see home plate, and you couldn't see uh, anything that happened in left field. So you could see all of right field, you know, shortstop, second base, first base, pretty ridiculous. So we went, it was not advertised as limited or as restricted view. So we went to go get tickets exchanged. And it was a whole ordeal. We couldn't get tickets, get exchanged for anything that was uh, really worth it. They did say we could go anywhere in the stadium that was standing room or standing view, which included that little right field uh, section that they have. Went there. It was total bullshit. You couldn't see anything from there. Uh, So we just were like trying to get a refund. And while we were doing that, one of the the individuals that was working with us straight up told us, like, we were like, hey, why would we pay that we can't do anything, can't see anything from any of these spots? Why would we want these tickets? And the person literally told us, well, you get to see and be inside Yankee Stadium. And after that, uh, my wife and I uh, proceeded to 
my wife specifically proceeded to lose her shit and people got yelled at and bad words were used and we ended up leaving and didn't watch the game at all. So uh, it was a bad experience. But ultimately, yeah, like just because you like you might think that your stadium's awesome, but that's awfully pretentious because the main thing going on there is the game. So, you know, your seats need to have some kind of ability to give view to the entire field or very, very limited restricted view. Like maybe you're behind a foul pole and you need to lean one side to the other, or, you know, there's a, uh, well, I don't know. Some of those older stadiums, you straight up sit right behind a, a pole. So (coughs) that that (coughs) sucks. But so you're, you're a shit field. If you're selling tickets like that, I'll just say that like, just don't sell those tickets. Don't have those spots. To me, like, just don't have them. Like, you're really full of yourself if you're selling those tickets and you think that people want that. But I guess people are buying it, so... Well, that's... I don't know. You know, what, did you say how much you paid for those? Or was that confidential? Oh, yeah, they were, 200, they were like $200. A piece, right? Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, I don't know, 200 high, but there's people that would pay a good amount of money for that, go to the stadium. Then they could say they've been there. They don't even like baseball. They don't even know what an out is. Right. They can post it on the Instagram, whatever, Facebook live, whatever. And they're gone by the fourth or the fifth inning, you know, or they show up at the fifth and leave at the seventh. Uh, You know, those people are out there and, these ballparks, especially the Yankees and the Cubs and the Red Sox of the world, they're going to take advantage of that. Yeah, I, I guess my thing is you're right, but I think that the, I mean, that just goes to show what kind of organization you are if you're doing that. I mean, it, a money making organization. Wanna, well, uh, I, like uh, just taking advantage of that situation. I mean, how can you feel good about yourself selling tickets like that? I don't know. I guess all of the organizations do to some extent, but at least the Rockies, when these sell those tickets, like the rooftop has an experience involved with it too. And you can get, you can see the field. Same with the rock pile. Like, yeah, it's so far away that it's hard, but you can see the freaking field, you know, like Mm -hmm. I think that that's a little, I mean, as much as people rip on the Rockies organization for putting their money into the experience of going to Coors Field, which they do, and that is what the rooftop is all about, versus putting a good product on there, which sometimes, I mean, there's a definitely an argument to be made out there for that. Uh, at least if you are buying that ticket, you are getting that experience. But I could make, you know, I think with that argument of Rockies putting money into infrastructure opposed to the players i feel like they have they've tried the money thing with mike hampton and denny nagel and it didn't really work i think mike hampton wasn't when he signed that deal he was at the time the highest paid baseball player in the history of baseball right uh if it wasn't the highest paid player it was the highest pitcher for sure but i think you're right i think it was the highest player you know they offered matt holiday a really fat contract you know, yeah. obviously the Nolan contract was huge. So I think that argument is one, they're scared as hell to do it 
to a pitcher ever again, you know? Yeah. And then they feel like it's almost, it would, it wouldn't be smart to, 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 to overpay a, uh, a position player, you know, from just a, a business standpoint. I mean, even if you could get, I don't know, just because the Rockies have just traditionally been good at developing position players, hitters. And then you look at Desmond, they paid Desmond a good amount and hasn't really lived. He hasn't lived up to, um, fully to it though he's really good on tap 2020 which i don't he's like really good um yeah if you invest in him a little bit but yeah i don't like that argument either of the i think they they, the rockies have tried that with the money i mean maybe it's time for them to try it again just because but i don't have any problems with them making the field awesome i really don't um right and I don't either. I, like I just, I want to be clear. I wasn't saying that I know. that's yeah, yeah. the case. I just know that there's people out there that say that and that criticize the organization for that. But if you if you break it down, like you're right, they they do put money into the into the product. They just haven't chosen um, <laughs> the right product. Chosen, yeah, have have not uh, chosen the right product when it comes to that. I, I mean. The other thing with it is if you break it down and you go to Coors Field and you go to some other stadiums, uh, Coors Field is quite the experience. It's a it's a great stadium. Chase Field is obviously much uh, newer than, not much newer, but newer than Coors Field. And it's a shithole. Like, honestly, it's a shithole. And the roof is cool. Coors Field though. is... You got to give give it up for the roof and the windows that's cool that is cool but not in comparison to other stadiums now i haven't necessarily been to these other stadiums but like the new miami stadium the new miller park like those stadiums i'll bet are significantly better than but that's because chase was that that new anymore i don't think miller park is much much older than chase field well yeah you might be right about that but ultimately, the Rockies have the like fifth oldest stadium in the in the league, and it's like far and away better than some of these even newer stadiums, like brand new stadiums, because of the deferred maintenance that they they put into it. Right. And that's like yeah, that's awesome. You know, like that's I good. Agree. I, like I appreciate that. Other than and, the advertisements all over the outfield wall, but whatever. Right. Now it's weird. Yeah. You watch those old games and there's not ads on the wall and you're like, whoa, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it is an experience and they do a good job with that. I mean, you got to balance both sides of it. You know, you can't be Wrigley Field out there and having a shitty team and a shitty stadium. Yeah. Or the dot. What I don't get is Dodger Stadium. That thing is yeah. so boring. They've got yellow seats. They have probably one of the most profitable franchises in the league. You're in, you know, the second largest market. The surrounding area, like where it is location-wise, geographically is really cool. But the stadium itself is just so – it doesn't make sense why they still – I don't know if they need to update it or what, but it's weird. Um, And – to get this out of the way, 
so the rock pile seats are still six dollars. So I was wrong about that. Though when I okay. when I uh, fired it up, it did say prices are subject to demand. So oh yeah, but right, I'm looking at a Tuesday, May twelfth game against the Giants. Uh, six dollars plus fees, yeah. of course. So if you buy online, it's probably fees are twenty dollars. We. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, they are still yeah. six, so that's good. Though I'm Unless looking at playing this, the Cubs. Or exactly, the I should go check at that. Or... Um, but if you look at the, or I'm looking at the rock pile right now, I would say half, or let's say forty percent to fifty percent of the tickets are already sold in the rock pile for a Tuesday night game against the Giants. Isn't that crazy? Either that, that or their crazy. their whole you know, quote unquote, holding them back until a different date, which oh, yeah. we know. That could we be, know who the knows what's going on? They, yeah. they play games. Who knows games. what's going on right now? Let me, before we get out of here, I do just want to check Rockpile for Cubs. The Cubs? Do, 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 Dodgers, D-backs, Pirates, Padres, Royales. You don't want to hear any of this? No. Do, do, do. But... You know, at least if you, at least uh, for the Rockies and some of these other teams that don't have brand new stadiums, they don't run the risk of getting evicted this year because they can't pay rent. So uh, there's that good news for for those those older stadiums. I bet the <laughs> bad news bad news for the Marlins. Don't know if they're going to make rent this year. I bet the Rock Pilots sold out for all these Cubs games. Oh yeah, for sure. Let's see here. This is a Monday game, which September seventh. What is is that Labor Day? It's because it's yeah, a Monday. Maybe yeah. It's a Monday afternoon game. Okay, so thirteen dollars. Yeah, it's a more than a hundred percent increase. And that's like insane deal. Like if you want to go there for the Fourth of July or for Opening Day, right? Whatever it is, and that like, and honestly, if you're not a huge baseball fan, those are the games you want to try to go to, yeah. but. That's where you don't want to spend the money on the rock pile because it's not worth it. Although with Fourth of July, you get the fireworks, which is still remarkable. Like their fireworks display is pretty good. Some of the pretty awesome. Some of the best I ever seen. I haven't been in a in a long time, but I remember some of the best. Okay, here we go. The next day, Tuesday night game, the tickets are ten dollars plus fees. So that's interesting. That's that's just for the rock pile, folks. For Cubs. For the Cubs when the Cubs were supposed to be in town. I guess maybe it's September. Maybe they could still make that happen. Were yeah. there any... Who knows? We don't real know quick, what the scheduling is going to be. So I mentioned I kind of wanted to go to those... Well, I want to say this first before we... Before we mosey on out of here um the simulations are still going folks the rockies dice game simulation nice and i want to say this the rockies played or would have would have played the san diego padres 10 times in their first 22 games <laughs> 10 times four that's ridiculous four to start the season in san diego then 
They would have gone to L.A., then back home for the home opener against San Diego. And then a quick little two-banger against the Rangers. Weird. Yeah, weird. Or as we know, we know our, our good buddy Drew Goodman would have called it the Texas two-step. Would have done that. <laughs> uh, and then three in Arizona, and then off to San Diego again for three more. That is so boring for the fan. It's so boring. And I think it's just more yeah. evidence of dissembling the divisions and just playing every team. But yeah, I mentioned I was looking yeah. forward to these White Sox. White Sox were going to be in town. Uh, were there any games that you kind of had on your radar that you would have liked to see teams or anything like that? No, there really weren't any this year. Uh, I didn't, because of other life events, I didn't get a chance to uh, really dive really into when into I was going to yeah. really dig into yeah. it. So um, I would have liked to, I, I I mean, the 4th of July game. Who who did they play on 4th of July? Or that series. I planned on trying to get to those for sure, but... Um, that would have been our old pals, the Giants. Yeah, yuck. I hate watching the Rockies play the Giants. Right? It's boring because we see them all yeah. the time. But you look at yeah. the, the White Sox and the Royals would have been in town. You know. So we would have <laughs> been playing that division, the uh, the Central. AL Central, yeah. So I think the, the Indians as well. I saw them, I thought. Maybe not. I'd, I'd say out of that, the White Sox would be the most exciting. They're... Techno- I mean, I think the White Sox are going to have a good 2020. Uh, I did prior to, you know, all this stuff. I mm-hmm. think they probably will still be pretty good. But I think they, they did a lot of good things with their team over the offseason. Yeah, and they got a lot um, of young talent making waves. Yeah. and Yeah, so they would have. Yeah, so they, they'd be exciting. They would have played the Indians, Royals, White Sox. The White Sox was just a two. And then they would have played Detroit and the White well, Sox the, on the road, and then yes. yeah, that's that adds up three, yeah. five teams: White Sox, so, Royals, Tigers, Indians. No, missing one. Who are we missing? Oh, the Twins. So they would have played twins. in Minnesota as well. That would have been actually pretty cool to go up to Minnesota, Target Field. Yeah. I wouldn't mind. I've never been Target there. Like Field. I wouldn't mind being there. Yeah, but. Depends oh, well. on what part of the we'll season see. they play them. If it's yeah. if it's the early, right. well, it's definitely not early. I know that. But if it's later, ugh, I don't know. It's suspect. Yep. All right. Well, that's all I had for this wow. week's episode of I feel like we, Rocket Rail. Yeah, I feel like we made it through without any lulls. Um. Yeah, which is good, and got a lot of got a lot of Rockies talking for once. Yeah, I'd say yes. So no no teaser for next week. I don't have one, so you're just gonna be stuck with the same kind of uh, content. Oh, we had. Thing. Did you check out the new Charlie Blackman nickname? Oh shoot! I no, <laughs> oh, I forgot man. to do that. Uh oh, forgot to do that. I guess maybe that'll be the next week's teaser. We can talk nicknames again. Get back into the nicknames. I think the nicknames have... 
reached a limit, I might want to say. I don't know. I guess I should check the email and see what's going see on. See what there. we got. Yeah. It's also hard when I don't, you, you know, you don't really know what the roster is going to be. So there's a bunch of guys on there that might not even end up being on the roster. Um, we know our, you know, obviously our Blackmans and Nolans and Snowmans and Hammered <laughs> Okay, I'm going to quiz you. Who has a nickname possibility of Hammered uh, is that Corey Dickerson? Is he still <laughs> on the team? Think, you think? <laughs> um, but that—that'll be your. Well, actually, I'll pre- okay. I'm gonna cut this. That'll um, be the tease for next week. No, I'm not putting. <laughs> All right. I'm not putting hammered on the air. <laughs> All right. Go and search through and see who that because it is out there. All right. All right. All right. All right. That was my uh, upbeat Matthew McConaughey. Wasn't great, but this is the Rockaroo. Thank you for listening and go Rockies. <laughs>